<laughs> Welcome to the Mick and MG in the Morning Summer Series. The boys are taking a well-earned break, but we'll be back live on your radio and on Listener Monday, January 15th. But for now, enjoy some of the best bits from the year that was. We've been joined live in the studio by friend of the show, Will Anderson, on this post-Father's Day Monday. What does it mean to you? Do you have memories of it growing up, mate? I mean, thank you so much for asking me. The one person who, like, is not a father. So I do everything... (laughs) Everything on Father's Day. My Father's Day MG is exactly the same every year. I sit by the phone in the door, wait for a knock or a call, nothing, and I feel relieved again. I'm like, another year survived. I'm pretty sure there's no, like, I don't have any kids that I know about, but I'm pretty sure there is none because, like, it's been long enough. There's enough of a window now, and I've been so publicly available. You can track me down. And, like, I even checked with Adam Hills. He hasn't had a knock on the door. So I'm pretty sure I am clear. It is fine. But, of course, I did ring my dad, had a bit of a chat to him for Father's Day. Okay. Well, that's good on you. Yeah, he's down in country Victoria. But we um, just recently, I I think I mentioned to you guys, it was his 80th birthday. And uh, we got him an interview on Mark Howard's The Howie Games, like we're a personal interview about his life and stuff. And so we were compiling all these, you know, facts about my dad's life. And all yes. the kids, like, chucked in questions that they had. And my sister was like, I want to know why Dad hates the water, why he can't swim. I'm 49 years old. I'm 50 next year, MG. Yeah. I was not aware that my dad could not swim. Wow. <laughs> You're a bad son. You're a bad son. I was not aware that my dad hated the water. My sister's like, Do you remember when we used to go on those beach holidays and Dad wouldn't come with us? That was because he hated the water. And I was like, oh, I thought he hated us. <laughs> that was the reason he wasn't there. <laughs> So what was your question that you asked about your dad? Oh, I've got, like, I I had a lot of them, but, like, the thing that I was most fascinated about when it came to my father was, like, whether he cared about one of us taking over the farm. Like, you know, because this was, you know, as the first (laughs) son, right, as the first son, like, you know, when you grow up on a farming community, there is a lot of pressure as the first son. There's very much that born under a star, it's your job to take over the farm, you're out there. And MG, I remember, I don't know if you ever had this point with your family, but I do, like, you know that moment where you sit them down? Like, I imagine, like, you know, kids who have to come out to their parents, you know, it's so nerve-wracking. And when you have to come out to your farmer parents that you don't want to be a farmer, that you're not that way, that the traditional (laughs) lifestyle on the farm that they wanted for you isn't going to be the dream that you're going to pursue and you've got to sit them down. And and I build it up so, like, I got tips from people, how do I break it to them? And, oh, my God, when I broke the news that I didn't want to be farmer, the look of relief on their face. (laughs) You know when they've been talking about it as well? They're like, what are we going to do if he wants to be a farmer? We cannot lose this place. It's been in the family for generations. You would have turned it into a location for a music festival or something. Like, that's what you would have done. A burning man. A burning man. I mean, by the way, Uh, I know someone's died there, so that's sad. But here's what, like, I mean, come on. Like, You've got yeah. yourself in a bit of trouble going out into the middle of the desert was, in the middle of a storm, haven't you? It was probably an influencer anyway, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, so net gain for the world, is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> We're one up. We could still lose a few more influencers. <laughs> uh, the Lightly Smouldering Man conference. I love it a lot. Um, you speak about your dad. My memories of my dad when he was younger, my dad did everything for us in a big way. Like he was in the Air Force, didn't have a lot of money, but put us through schools, private schools, and did everything. So he wasn't a small-minded man, except tight as when it came 
to the small things. Like he would drive around looking for a parking meter that still had ten minutes on it, r- 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 rather than I know, I know. He would also he yeah. would he would uh, if if you bought a Herald Sun or a paper and then he had bought one and you had two copies sitting at home, that oh. someone that there would be a family meeting to work out how we ended up with two. Rather than turn the heating on in the middle of winter, he'd just come out and sit in front of the TV in a lumber jacket. <laughs> These are the small yeah, things that I, you I, remember. I actually understand that because my dad is a man who never thought that a tea bag was single use. <laughs> <laughs> Boy just got his Coachella story during the break. And that was uh, we're talking about Burning Man and the missed opportunities, but uh, you got Coachella in there, and that uh, that's for another time. A bit yeah, of a but- tip if anyone is ever going to one of these festivals, though. This is like the best tip I can honestly mm. ever give you. Get in early. And what you need is a little, like, you print print this off before you go to the festival. This is the one thing you need to take to any music festival that you ever go to, any yeah. Burning Man festival. You print out a little um, laminated out-of-order sign, right? And you take it in on the first day. You find the cleanest <laughs> port that you can find. You put on the door out-of-order. And then for the rest of the festival, that's your private toilet. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah. And girls, take your sheepy. Yeah. <laughs> take your sheepy. You need to do this. <laughs> and uh, maybe take Bear grills. He <laughs> may help you as well. Uh, that ship sailed for me. I think there's an age at which you have to go. I yep. think I've attended my last music festival, camping out in the mud, queuing for toilets, uh, taking uh, uh, bucket loads full of whatever's required. You go, ah. Oh. Yeah. Like that cop on the last day, mm. I'm too old for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, now, Will, I yeah. want to ask you about uh, the referendum for The Voice. The day's oh, been named. I'm going to have a guess and say, mm. like me, you're probably in the yes camp. <laughs> I mean, uh, that probably won't surprise a lot of people. Uh, in it a won't, city but ABC, I think it... liberal, lefty, chardonnay-sipping, yeah. bloody yes voter. But here's what I would say. is like, I, I love the whole John Farnham, you're the voice thing. I know people yeah. are getting mad at Farnsy, but come on. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is like, you know, an Australian who wants to donate, you know, his song to be part of Correct. this. But I will say this, like the ads that the government are running, like to get us to vote for The Voice, like don't treat us like idiots. That's all I would say. <laughs> Have you heard these ads? They're all over the radio yeah. at the moment. It's sure. like, questions. You might ask them every day. And you're like, yeah, we know what questions are. You don't have to start this advertisement by explaining what a question is. If there's someone out there who does not understand what a question is, you know what? Maybe you don't get a vote in the referendum. Maybe that is the line we draw if you don't understand the basic idea of what a question is. And then there's this other line, the if you don't know, vote no. Because it's absolutely your right to vote no if if, yeah. if if that's what you decide. But don't vote no because you don't know. That's, that's all dumb. I would say. Like, find out. And then if you find out and you still want to vote no, well, everyone gets the same vote and that's what democracy is all about. But I reckon if you do find out and you find out how little a change it is and how powerful it might be, then I think you actually might turn around and vote yes. Because every time one of these things happens, we get these scare campaigns. We're all old enough to remember the Marbo one, right? It was yep, all yep. the same arguments. They're coming for the land and we've all seen none of that's happened in that time. We all yes. remember marriage equality. Remember it was like, oh, the sky's How tough gonna... was that? Yeah, I mean, people were like, oh, oh yeah, dogs are going to marry cats. As soon as <laughs> gay people get married, there's going to be dog and cat. And I've looked it up. Not yeah. one dog has married a cat <laughs> in the times. Not one. <laughs> and I'd be up for one. That's adorable. I would, I would go to at least one I would dog attend. cat 
wedding. <laughs> I would give that cat away. Um, you, you make a great point. It's so easy to knock this over uh, with misinformation and fear campaigns. I've always thought this to be a truth. Australians are basically pretty good people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you ask the best, you get the best. And if you ask the worst, you can get the worst. And, and I've been around this country. I've seen regional people, country people, city people. They'll give you the shirt off their own back. Uh, to help you out um, in a crisis. They reveal themselves. But if you constantly bombard people with a fear campaign and tell them that people are coming over their back fence or going to own their land or do whatever, you will eventually tap a nerve. And I just hope everyone can stand strong on this and, and, and look into their hearts. And, you know, that might still be a no vote for you, but so many people I know, good people, smart people, are being confused by this. If you don't, it's, that, it's that slogan, if you don't know, vote no. It's so reductive, it's, right? It's, like, it's terrible. Like, it says to people, don't find out. It mm-hmm. says to people, don't do the research. Like, and, and I've got to be honest with you, just as a political slogan, like someone like yeah, Peter Dutton, again, this is not politics. This is just me looking from a Gruen point of view. If you yeah. are getting behind a slogan that says, if you don't know, vote no, I imagine that if you're the Labor Party or the Greens Party, next election, your, all your campaign's going to be, could Peter Dutton make a good Prime Minister of Australia? If you don't know, <laughs> vote no. It's just the sort of slogan that would be used against you in the future. Well, young people are enrolling to vote in record numbers because they want to be heard on this issue. He, here's the situation. He, it's a bit of a poison, Charles. He might end up winning this referendum by getting people to vote no, but it's gonna, it's gonna mark him and the Liberal Party down as once again being on the wrong side of history, I think, when we, we get to the end anyway. Just get out and vote and do it and, and make your voice heard. That's all we ask. What a, I mean, what a great morning to come in. Like, you know, Mick, that I love my, uh, cricket in general, sure. and like I'm watching the World <laughs> Cup at the moment, and Glenn yeah. Maxwell, the big wow. show last night, he bats like he's putting together his own KO mini. <laughs> like, <laughs> when they do the minis in the morning, you're like, it's the exact same innings. They didn't have to cut anything out. Unbelievable. It is, it is nothing uh, but highlights. There's no filler, just killer. Now, I understand you're watching with the cricket, obviously, but you're also moving house. True? Yeah, this is why I've been watching so much cricket because the TV's been on in the background while I've been boxing up everything in the house. And yeah. this house... Been there for 19 years. Oh, wow. Well, how's this, though? So at one stage it got painted, and uh, when it got painted, it painted over a secret <laughs> cupboard in the stairs. Oh. So, like, it was just a little, like, under a stair, there was a little cupboard that, like, got painted over. Wow. And so as I've been opening up the house and just, like, checking that there's nothing left, I have found a box of photos wow. that have been under those stairs for 19 years. No. They are of the previous owners of the house. It is a box oh, of their personal photos in a shoebox. Oh. And when I say personal photos, yes, a couple oh. of personal photos. Oh. <laughs> a couple of the, the realise why, why it was under the staircase. Oh, yeah. It was the old version of the internet. <laughs> a bit of a porn stash. Yeah. But no, mostly not, though. Like, honestly, there was only a couple of those stolen photos, and then most of it was them so they worked in and around the music industry uh, and okay. so it's them with all these you know famous musicians it's them hanging out with in excess or it's them hanging out with like you know wow. like these other vi- visiting international bands mostly at right. events or you know things like this and then in this box of photos in my house <laughs> there is a photo of Stevie Nicks in my kitchen 
Like, what? 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 <laughs> bombshell, bombshell. And like, and wow. the sad thing is, MG, I've not updated that kitchen. So it really <laughs> looks like it could have been last week. That that is she fantastic. was just visiting. And wow. I, I, I don't know what Stevie Nicks was up to in that kitchen, but I can have a guess at what Stevie <laughs> Nicks was yeah, up to sure. in that kitchen. <laughs> sure. Isn't that uh, amazing? That, that's that unbelievable. Is incredible. And you don't know who they are or you're just concealing their identity? Oh no! I I mean I I've met them. I, I would look at them a very different way now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I didn't see these photos 20 years ago. Or well, the handover of the house might have been a little more awkward. Unbelievable. <laughs> Uh, yes, the open for inspection though, <laughs> taken on a different feeling. Would you feel uh, that you would now like to track them down and yeah. say, guys, I've got your photos? Or well, some of them like anyway. To... I kept some. Yeah, well, that would be the worst, MG, if you only sent back three quarters of the photos. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I say track them down. They sound uh, like they're. Yes. They would be. Something you would like to keep, mate. This uh, is already in the works, Mick. You're absolutely right. I've like identified an address for them. These photos are going to get returned to them, but it just it, it, it's an incredible stash of photos. Oh, like some of the like Elton John's in there, like all these big stars, like mostly at <laughs> events. But like I'm just flipping through this thing, going, "Oh my god, the people who owned this house before me." Had a much cooler no. life than I did. <laughs> <laughs> I've been such a nerd to this house. I must be what such a disappointment. Uh, you were at the ABC yesterday. What, what are we talking about? Uh, a photo that you oh, featured in? Well, so, uh, yeah, because we're doing our show, Question Everything, which people can watch on ABC yes. iView, and uh, ran Great into show. the Bananas in Pajamas. Oh, the actual. Okay. IRL bananas in pajamas. Now, here's the thing you don't might not know about the ABC, Mick. Obviously, with the big vote, the referendum, we had to be very unbiased being the ABC. So, sure. like, so balanced at the ABC that I voted yes. Adam Hills had to vote no. That's how it works. <laughs> uh, so B one was a no voter. B two was a yes. I had a real chat to them about that. B one was a progressive no. Yeah, progressive no. Didn't think it went far enough. That's what B one <laughs> said. Uh, but yeah, the bananas in pajamas, MG. I saw them and I. Like yeah, at Disneyland, there's this rule that you're never allowed to take. Like they're not allowed to take their heads off. Like no, kids absolutely. can never see them with their heads off. You can't, you know, see like the Little Mermaid out the back having a dart or anything like that. <laughs> but I've walked past the dressing room at the ABC, and I've just seen two people banana from the waist down, <gasps> human from the waist up, and what? that is a terrifying sight that I did not need to see the bananas without their hoods on. Oh, wow. you say it ain't so. Well, I think I've told the story on this show before, but when we were at the ABC in another lifetime doing the late show, I had to film a sketch in a morgue and I wrote to the producers of, of Bananas in Pajamas because I thought it would be a funny idea that while we're checking out a body in the foreground, a B2 in the background comes in and is shown to a drawer. The drawer opens, B1's in it. He breaks down and starts crying. And, of course, B1 has banana bruises all over him. And they said, I got a little bit going, never write to us again. Never. They did not see the funny side and had no interest in exploring the possibilities for oh. B1 you know, and B2. Well, you know what I like about this, though, Mick? This is like, because you, you, I'm sure you've covered this week the fact of this chip chiller, you know, the American conservative version of Bluey, you know, because yes. apparently Bluey's too woke 
MG. That's what they're oh, saying. Like, not true Please. bluey enough. We've got to be bluey .05 to be a little more Australian. <laughs> but they've gone with the conservative, Chip Chiller. That is the power of bluey. Imagine your show being so culturally significant that the opposition think we have to have our own version of the show to counteract. Like, no matter yeah. how big the Wiggles ever were, there was never an alt-right Wiggles. No. There was... <laughs> Oh, there was, there, was, there, was, there was the Hooli Doolies for a while. The Hooli Doolies were a little uh, right-leaning, I yeah. felt. No, oh, you felt like? I just felt I don't know there if there was, like, you know, the, the Hooli Doolies going around going, yeah, we've got an even bigger red car and it runs on petrol, mate, and it'll never be electric. And you know what? There is no Dorothy the Dinosaur because the world is 2,000 years old. That's why. Yes. Oh. Well, that is good. Yeah, fun. good. Hey, before you go, are yes. you uh, recently? Were you in Newcastle recently? Oh, man. So I'm doing my improvised shows in Sydney and Newcastle, and I was driving down to Newcastle. Um, I, I, okay, there's a place called Morissette on the way to Newcastle. Yes, great I'm, not, I'm not sure exactly where Morissette is. The only Morissette I really know about MG is Alanis, wrote a song about ironic. Yes. Nothing was ironic. However, I am driving <laughs> to Newcastle, and you know when the, the big electric signs, they warn you way too early? You know yes. something really has gone on this where it's like, good. hey, man. Oh. If you're going anywhere to where Morissette, you should not be thinking. And like you, you're like, it's fine. It'll be ages. Yeah. I don't even know where Morissette is. I'm going to Newcastle. Next yeah. sign is like, why aren't you listening to me, man? There is, <laughs> there is shit going down in Morissette that you I do not you. want to see. And then like by the third sign, it's like, I hate you, man. This is on you. If you don't want to believe me, then... Anyway, it was an hour long, uh, like the, the, you know, the traffic jam on the yes. way to Newcastle. And... That's fine. I mean, you know, you understand when it's a big jam that's probably like some, something's gone wrong with someone. You want yep. to try to like, you know, be really – I get to the front of it, MJ. It's been cleared. <gasps> you, have you ever had one of those things where you're just like, oh, come on. I've sat through the whole – I've sat through the whole movie. <laughs> like I, I've, I've, I've built it all up. I want to know yes. what has delayed me for this long. Yeah, there should be yeah. – on the electronic signs for the rest of the journey, they should fill you in of what happened. <laughs> they should be like, well, it was an accident. There was three people involved. The yeah. only the only people there at the time were emergency, like, traffic vehicles. And I'm like, yes. okay. If the emergency traffic vehicles have actually caused the traffic delay, then that mm. should have been in Morissette, and that is ironic. <laughs> so, <laughs> Keep us informed all the way. I like Love what it. you're saying. Hey, where are you improvised shows? Uh, if you are, are you do, whereabouts in Sydney? Listening in Sydney uh, at the Sydney Comedy Store, December and January, I have put on two more shows. What are you talking about, Will? Yeah. Cannot wait. You're Good on you, Will. Will. Thanks for swinging by today. Go home and put a box of photos back in the same drawer and leave them for yes. your next tenants. Oh, okay? that's a good idea. How are you, mate? Always a pleasure when you swing by. Thank you very uh, much. Now you're house-sitting at the I moment. I am, for my sister. Now this is a... Sister and her family. Is this a big favour or is this something you enjoy doing? Or? So I'm in Melbourne at the moment. I join you guys from Melbourne at the yeah. moment. I'm in the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Normally I stay yeah. in the city. Be in the heart of the city, go to comedy festival shows. Yeah, sure. But school holidays and you know it's like you've got kids and yes. it's one of those things where you've got to work out you know what happens to the dog what happens to the kids so yeah. my my sister and her family their four kids and her husband they've packed up they've gone to adelaide uh they've gone over for a basketball tournament a yeah. bit of gather around they're yes, having a good time yes, sure. uh, so they decided that i was at the melbourne international comedy festival i could stay in their house for sydney uh, listeners about 40 minutes just from the heart of the city okay. basically sure. it is so you know just nice suburban living sure you know They've yeah. got a dog. I had to get up this morning, walk the dog before I came in. Good Lord. 
I mean, well, very different dog. than the old school comedy festival where you would be getting home <laughs> at this time in the morning and I'm out walking a chocolate Labrador around a park with like everybody else this morning. He's been one of the greats. He's going to leave my house at eight in the morning. He's going to give you directions. He'll make you ring when you got home so I know you got home safely. Yeah, I know. In the old days, you'd be walking Lawrence Mooney around the park at that time of the morning. <laughs> Not a Labrador. But, yeah, okay. so I have domesticated life. I'm trying to do the whole thing. And it's one of those houses too where they've got the coffee machine at home, you know, the whole setup. And I don't mean, I'm not talking your George Clooney model of coffee (laughs) machine. I'm talking your, you know, barista like style coffee machine. So I'm there in the morning. Every time I feel like I make myself a coffee, I feel like I save myself $7. And I feel like (laughs) if I don't have a coffee, I'm actually robbing myself. So it's like crypto mining now. I'll get up in the morning and I'll have like six or seven coffees. I'm like, I've just made myself $45. That's how you get paid. (laughs) Yeah, I'm vibrating around the house. You've come in full of beans this morning. Literally. And that's fantastic. Full of beans, that's right. So... How's the festival going? Yes. Are you loving it? Oh, absolutely loving it. I mean, it's my 27th festival at the Melbourne wow. Comedy Festival. You understand, like, this passage of time where you still feel like you're young and cool and then suddenly you're in the suburbs walking a Labrador before, <laughs> you know, you go into radio things. But I was watching a young comedian from Melbourne the other night yes. in the Regent Room. So if for people in Sydney, I'll paint the picture. It's this idea that um, the Melbourne Town Hall, they convert all the various rooms at the Melbourne Town Hall into venues. So yeah. if there is a room there at the town hall, it becomes a venue for comedy. There's a closet. There's there's, there's a, a room called the cloak room, yeah. which was literally a cloak, the cloak room. room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't miss, do they? No. So this I, is in the Regent Room, MG, and so this was the first room I ever played at the comedy festival 27 years ago. Incredible. It was wow. the first room. I, the comedian I was watching on stage. 27 years old oh. and complaining about being 27. And I was like, when I was on that stage, you were born, mate. <laughs> when you were in that room. <laughs> when you were in that room 27 years ago and then you come back 27 years later, mm. is the material the same? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you know what? You are prolific. I, I've, I'm doing, I do a couple of jokes yeah. that I did when I started. Oh, yeah. Because, A, I love them and B, I'm very lazy. Mm. Uh, but you always get a new show out every year. Tell us about Walluminate. Yeah, so this is my show. Uh, Sydney Comedy Festival's coming up. But so Walluminate is, uh, you know what, I, I don't know. Like we obviously had the lockdowns and COVID and everybody's like tried yeah. to come back out again. But yeah. it's been this weird world we now live in where yeah. we're half out and half inside. <laughs> and so this is very like I always say to people that like people like COVID's over and I'm like, no, COVID's more like Grey's Anatomy. Like people stop watching, but they're still making it. Like you know. <laughs> Have you ever done a gig in, uh, in Panthers at Pen- Penrith Leagues Club or anything? Mate, like I have actually. I did do one like about. Yeah. I reckon it was about 10 years ago. Okay. <laughs> Never been back. <laughs> did, did, did you keep the engine running? Was it one of those gigs? Well, I've, I've toured country Victoria and I've pulled up at the front of venue and gone, yeah. keep the engine running. <laughs> Mate, you, you I, know could, I could be running out of here in the next seven minutes and we need to get out of town. Mate, when you're at Panthers, if you go back to the car park and your engine's still there, you're happy, <laughs> let alone running. <laughs> so, uh, can I ask about the coronation? Have you been talking about the, we, we the did coronation just, quiche this morning? We, we we talked about the coronation mm. quiche, which is so. Yeah. Uh, he, he's. He, I, I make this point. Henry mm. the Eighth used to sit there at the table with a turkey leg <laughs> yeah. and a gobble of it. Yeah. You're king. You can yes. have whatever you want. Mm. What dickhead? 
Go a lot of people don't know this about Henry VIII, though. Like, you know, once a week, meat-free Mondays. <laughs> he really had a balanced diet. Hey, you know? It was a plant-based turkey. Yeah. <laughs> he was, he every, was a strange cat. Every third wife was a vegetarian. A lot of people don't know this about Henry. Well, uh, that's why he cut their heads off. I'm sure invented a religion uh, on that basis. So we've mm. talked about quiche. We talked about our dishes. Yeah. MG, what was your dish? Mine was the uh, the fish fingers. I, um, fish fingers. Oh. It was his coronation dish. Yeah. Uh, so for mm-hmm. anyone just tuning in, it's a special dish to honour the coronation of a king yep. or queen. Yeah. Uh, the queen chose coronation chicken, uh, which was, nice. which was became quite a famous dish. Mm-hmm. But uh, this bloke's gone with the quiche. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're not sure. Uh, you were fish fingers. I yep. think I went with a bucket of Kentucky. Mm, what yep. you, what would yours be, Will? Your coronation mm. meal. Uh, your yeah. Dish? Okay. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, look, it's going to be. Like, <laughs> yes, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be something based. that it's going to be plant based. Uh, no, I'm going to put it this way. It's, so we're going to call it Coronation Munchies. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> Look, so just cheesels then. When, when MG said it was plant based, it's certainly plant inspired. Yes, you're absolutely right, MG. There's no doubt about that. That's right. Yeah, so more, more your Harry areas than your Charles, I guess, <laughs> when it comes to inspiration. Can uh, I tell you? So there's two things that I would recommend yes. that come from this sort of inspiration, if we're talking about that, sure. which is firstly, one night when I had no chocolate at home, but I did have some cream and I had some Milo and I invented a new dish I call call Hilo, which is just a cream Milo paste. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like, it uh, sounds simple, but I honestly recommend just, like, combine some cream and some Milo and then feed it to yourself like you're a fully grown baby. It is. I want to see you on MasterChef. <laughs> I really do. Tonight we try and replicate Will Anderson's Hilo dessert. Is that what we call it? And the other one was when I was uh, at university yes. and we decided that we would hollow out a loaf of so What you need is, like, your sort of white... You know, Baker's Delight style, like standard white bread, sure. right? So you get the full loaf, not sliced, yeah. and you got to like cut, you cut it in half in the middle. You hollow it out in there, and then you fill the middle of it with any pizza ingredients that you like. So oh. cheese and whatever else that you would normally put in a pizza, right? <laughs> then you join it back together. Then you dip it in batter, okay. and you deep fry it. Oh. Who are you, Elvis? <laughs> Elvis Presley. <laughs> Thank you very much, Will. You, you know what would be a good coronation dish? I call it Triple M Frankfurt. Oh, yeah. Because there were once, mm. I was, there, was a, there was a tea urn, like yep. a tea urn at Triple M uh, mm. a while ago, and someone's making a cup mm. of tea again. It feels a bit mm. not quite right today. Mm. So it's a bit of a taste to that. Yeah. I lift the top off the urn and someone's put Frankfurt's in it. <laughs> and, we're, and we're cooking... And we're cooking their Frankfurts. <laughs> Coronation Frankfurt tea. And oh, we, we'll do this again tomorrow, I reckon. It'll be wonderful. Yep. Catch Mick and MG in the morning. Back in 2024 on Sydney's Triple M.